0: All right, Creatures of the Night, Alex Dorio here, one half of the Talking Taker podcast, welcoming you back, our Pod Street crew, to another edition of Back from the Dead, where we resurrect a classic Talking Taker episode, bump it up back to the Top of your podcast feed here, and just give you a little reminder about our extensive archives, our full career recap and exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. That's right, we've got over two hundred episodes, absolutely free, available to everyone out there uh, looking at the entire career of The Undertaker, all thirty years of it here, and. Want to offer you some seasons beatings here today? That's right. It is Christmas Eve, so we are re-releasing what's essentially, you know, our Christmas episode here. Uh, We covered uh, episode nineteen of the podcast. We covered in your house seasons beatings from December nineteen ninety five, an all time classic featuring the Undertaker against King Babel in a casket match here. And uh, not only is it a holiday themed episode, we actually released and recorded this episode during the holiday season. uh, It's one of those times. It happened quite a bit, actually, uh, during the history of the podcast where we didn't necessarily time it this way, but fate just kind of happened where certain episodes uh, were very, very timely uh, going on for Travis and I. And uh, one of them here was this In Your House Seasons Beatings. We recorded it during the Christmas season uh, five years ago in 2017 when we were just getting the podcast up and running off the ground here. Uh, So we not only talked about this sort of a Christmas-themed match, one of The Undertaker's only matches Uh, that happened at a Christmas-themed event, this In Your House Seasons Beatings, but Travis and I also talked about some Christmas wrestling memories. Uh, We have a great segment here at the beginning where we share our favorite wrestling-themed Christmas presents that we received as kids growing up, and uh, I know a lot of you listening are going to share some of those same memories, some of those same favorite gifts, so, uh, if you've got different ones, uh, or if you share any of the same ones, uh, we'd love for you to let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Talking Taker. Be sure to leave a comment and interact with us. Tell us what your favorite wrestling-themed Christmas gifts are. And you know, it's probably a little bit too late uh, since this we're I, I'm re-releasing this here on Christmas Eve to be uh, considering any Christmas gifts at this point. But you know. In case any of you out there get any stocking stuffers, if, if you get any extra cash from, you know, your Uncle Fred or, you know, Grandma and Grandpa, whoever it is out there, and you want to help support the show post-Christmas, want to remind you about a couple ways that you can do that. A really cool thing that you could do here in the next few days is go to AmericanVinylCo.com. That's American Vinyl, and pick up a copy of Travis White's album on vinyl. Uh, Yes, our co-host Travis has released some of his favorite music that he's done and recorded over the past few years. He's released it on vinyl, but it's a limited edition. It's only available through the end of 2022. So you've got just a few more days where you can go to AmericanVinylCo.com. It's made to order. You can pick up. So if you're a vinyl collector or if you just want to support Travis's music, uh, it would be really, really awesome if you could do that. And then if you want to support both of us, go over and head to tpublic.com. Pick up a Talking Taker t-shirt, a Taker Easy t-shirt, Taker Care of Business t-shirt. I'm a Biker Taker Guy or Biker Taker Girl shirt. King of Gong style shirt. We've got so many different options, uh, so many different uh, styles on there. And the cool thing about tee Public, again, you get a made to order. You can pick out what style of shirt you want it on. You can pick out a tank top, a long sleeve tee, a hoodie. You can even get on other items like coffee mugs or baby onesies or things like that. And uh, anything you purchase helps support us and support the show. Plus, if you pick out any of our shirts, any of our merch, and you wear it, to one of the Undertaker's meet and greets. And he's got a few of those, we already know going on in 2023. He's got the one dead man shows, uh, Comic-Con appearances, convention appearances. If you take a picture with the man himself, with the Undertaker in a talking taker merchandise item, we will send you a special exclusive gift, a special exclusive item care package. Uh, You don't know what it's gonna be. We've never really revealed it on here on the show, but we have sent it to a few people. you could be the next person to receive it. So go to tpublic.com and pick that up. Uh, that's if you get a little extra spending money here uh, during the holiday season. But I uh, just want to wish all of you, our listeners, a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you. We thank you for all your support throughout 2022. We will be back in 2023, January 1st. Look for our first episode of 2023. It's going to be a watch-along. For the 25th anniversary of The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels in a casket match at Royal Rumble 1998. You know, we have covered and done watch-alongs for every single Royal Rumble The Undertaker has been a part of, including... The uh, Osaka House Show Royal Rumble recorded on Fan Cam. We did that one last year or uh, 2022, the beginning, January 22. We did that. So we've done all of Undertaker's Royal Rumbles, but we're going to cover a classic match that, singles match that happened at the Royal Rumble. And uh, be on the lookout. We may have a special bonus episode coming sometime mid January uh, to keep our Royal Rumble watch along tradition uh, going on. Uh, just a heads up for that. Be, be looking for that on your podcast feed. But for now, uh, enjoy this uh, classic episode of Talking Taker Back from the Dead. Enjoy it for your uh, last minute shopping or your holiday driving, uh, whatever you're doing out there. Merry Christmas and take her easy. Alright, welcome to Talking Taker episode number 19. We are here on our exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. We thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I'm one half of your hosts, one of the creatures of the night here guiding you along this journey. And I am with my tag team partner. Travis White, and Merry Christmas to you, my friend.
1: Oh, Merry Christmas to you as well. This is our Christmas special episode. This is and a... how great is this that In Your House 5 is called season and
0: I mean, we started this podcast back in August, uh, about five months ago now, just kind of on a whim. We talked about it for a few weeks and just decided to dive into it with no planning whatsoever. Oh. And somehow with this, the fates have aligned with a Christmas-themed pay-per-view for the episode that drops right at christmas man. it's a christmas you, miracle Lord.
1: it is a christmas miracle from the man who yeah. walks with the angels <laughs> it all works together yeah so good yeah we could We seriously though we couldn't have planned that better i remember telling you about a month ago hey dude i looked at the calendar season's is dropping right before christmas it's fantastic <laughs> anyway, yeah merry christmas to those of you happy hanukkah happy festivus happy holidays
0: absolutely happy holidays happy to everybody Uh, We're glad you're joining with us and and you've made us a part of the past few months and you're making us a part of the Christmas season. I know there's a lot of podcasts to listen to and probably a lot of them putting out Christmas episodes. I'm I'm sure the Pritchard shows are are all, you know, and Conrad Thompson shows, they've all got all sorts of episodes. So we thank you for making time for us, uh, making time for Talk and Take, or all of our fans and, and followers and subscribers out there. We're thankful for you guys this Christmas season. Uh, we do appreciate it, and we're looking forward to spending all of uh, 2018 with you guys as well. Roll, rolling through all the episodes we'll have uh, every Friday for you in 2018.
1: Absolutely, we can't Absolutely. wait.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. You know, just speaking of Christmas, you know, we, this is a pretty short match, so um, we yeah. might not have a ton of six stuff to talk stuff. about. <laughs> yeah, Six-minute match, but uh, <laughs> I thought it'd be fun, Travis. You know, we've known each other. Since the 6th grade, for so for uh, almost 20 years now, we've known each other uh, as friends. A lot of Christmases together. Uh, you've gotten me a lot of great Christmas presents over the years. And, uh, you know, I, I've been asking for wrestling-themed Christmas presents for about as long as I've ever watched wrestling. And, you know, the, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have gotten a lot of wrestling-related Christmas presents throughout the years. So I asked on twitter and on facebook earlier this week like what are what are y'all's what of our listeners favorite wrestling related christmas presents and and some people sent in some good stuff so i thought i'd ask you my friend and, and i'll share mine here uh after you share yours what is like your favorite memory of a wrestling related christmas present you've ever gotten
1: all right so you and i pretty much always get each other something wrestling related that's true um so that Uh, aside my favorite wrestling related gift from not you would probably be not probably definitely be my six-foot-tall wrestling dummy that my aunt stitched me Um, good heavens she um she basically took a pair of black jeans a black long sleeve shirt and stitched them together and put socks on them and and she filled the guy with just a bunch of stuffing and, uh, you know, he had sleeves. He had, he had gloves on his hands. He had a head. He just sewed on and um, put an NWO shirt on him, too. So this was in 98, probably. No, it would been in Christmas 97 or 98, yeah. So, um, uh, but it was, like, six-foot-tall wrestling dummy that, I mean, I know I wore the life out of you and I together in handicap matches, tag team matches. Triple threat matches. A, triple threats. We wore the life out of this dude. I wish... I wish he was still around my parents' attic, but I know we've gotten rid of him. But uh, that, I mean, who would have thought? It probably took her, you know, (laughs) six bucks to make it, and, like, I got years of fun out of that. We we both did. So, yeah, that's probably my favorite wrestling-related, you know, thing uh, that I got for Christmas because that that was, man, I missed that thing. That (laughs) thing was amazing. I missed that. Uh,
0: I was, when, when you first told me that you got it, I thought, was a little weird, but then I was also really jealous, too, <laughs> because yeah. it's was basically a, a giant wrestling buddy, and, yeah. you know, y'all, everybody remembers wrestling buddies, and that's on my list of favorite wrestling gifts. I got a Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy when I was, uh, I guess I was six or seven, I don't know, those original wrestling buddies, yeah. and man, I, I love that thing, I got... The same amount of enjoyment out of that is so—it's so weird when you say it out loud, but yeah, know, just to, no. totally fine when you're a kid, totally normal. <laughs> but just to say something different, because that was one of my two things, you know. Uh, obviously, we we usually get each other wrestling DVDs or, or or T-shirts or something like that. You got me a box of bootios for my birthday this year. Uh, <laughs> still haven't eaten yet. Uh, we haven't eaten. Those. No, maybe WrestleMania uh, that's uh, coming up. Maybe year. I'll open it up, but. I might have pancakes by then. Yeah, there you go. Um, a lot of great wrestling figures I've gotten, uh, but my favorite, one of my favorites, I think, was probably around the same time, 98-ish, uh, maybe 98, 99. I don't remember what year it came out, but the WWF Titantron well, Live. Titan
1: Titantron? Yes. Uh-oh, I knew you were going to say that. The
0: Titantron that. <laughs> entryway for the Jacks yes. wrestling figures, where... The figures had a little sensor on the bottom of their feet where you put them on the Titan Tron entryway and their music would play or part of it and a video would show up. Now,
1: entering the Titan Tron! You want to start something? It all starts with Titan Tron Live. Hit the stage and TitanTron Live hits the lights, blasts the pictures, and rocks 10 WWF Superstars.
0: That's the coolest thing to me back then. I was so excited to open it up and to get it and to and to have the figures to play with that because I was a huge action figure person. I still have somewhere notebooks of the match results and of my wrestling figure <laughs> federation. And you know, I'm I'm so jealous of the kids now that have. St- just all the stuff I ever wanted as a kid back then, where you can change the ring skirts and you can change the ring ropes and you can do all this awesome stuff with the arena. And the figures are so much better now. But that was the first really, really awesome, amazing thing. I always wanted to have an entryway and make my action figure arena look as realistic as possible. Uh, so to get that just blew my mind and uh, used the heck out of it.
1: I remember calling you that Christmas afternoon cause we used to call each other after, you know, we did our gifts and stuff, and I remember you telling me you got that, and I was just, like, so excited, probably jealous as well, but I remember coming over to your house and playing with that, golly. Yeah. That was so cool because, again, this is 98, I think. Oh, you know, yeah. 99. It was mind-blowing. That was really cutting edge. Too. Yeah. I mean, the fact you could put Stone Cold's feet on the Titan drawing and all of a sudden you hear the glass break and he walks out. That was just – because I remember before that. I used to put WWF Volume Three in my CD player. Exactly. And play and cue their music up and play it as I'm in my, my uh, God, I leave me sound like Cliff marks <laughs> I clearly <to> quit talking.
0: <laughs> we do, uh, you know, just just to add to that, I, did you did you see during the match uh, as Mabel is coming out, we get a promo from Todd Pentangill the advertise or Doc, Doc Hendricks. Excuse Doc me. Hendrix. advertising wrestlemania the arcade game coming out for christmas that year which i'm pretty sure i got it for christmas that year because i definitely had it for super nintendo but did you did you hear how much these
1: video games cost this is what i want to talk about okay he says Listen, allow me to help you with a little bit of Christmas shopping right now let me show you the WrestleMania arcade game here is the Super NES version only $64.99 the Genesis Sega version $54.99 and the Sony PlayStation $54.99 but now you know this is so hard to get in stores I went to ten of them they're all out okay let me show you what we're gonna do we're gonna throw in absolutely free a $15 value the video that tells you the strategies and the secret codes How you can beat the game. Something that the stores won't do for you. And you know how you can get this. Call 1-800-TITAN-91. I guess the next thing to do is let's get ready for a casket match. It says there's $64.99 for Super Nintendo and $54.99 for Sega Genesis and PlayStation. However, the graphics that flash up on the screen say $69.99 for Super Nintendo, $64.99 for Sega, and fifty four ninety nine for PlayStation, which why is a PlayStation the cheapest? Right, it's on a CD. But anyway, regardless, this is nineteen ninety five, and the <laughs> games are at least sixty dollars. Yes. Let's fast forward now. It's two thousand seventeen. I just bought my brother a video game for Christmas. He's not listening to this. It doesn't matter. Um, it cost sixty bucks. PS four. So we can talk about inflation all we want. One thing that hasn't gone up is video games. Video games have not gone up at all, but they were expensive as heck in 1995. Oh, yeah. 64.99 For a okay? Super Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah.
0: I could not believe that when he said that. I was like, what in the world? But it did come if you ordered it from them. You got the free VHS tape strategy guide that you okay. couldn't get in the stores.
1: So, okay, so if I'm having trouble with my doink patch, I've got to put the VHS in <laughs> and then fast forward to, like, fast forward. To doinks like <laughs> help me, but what if like I want to be Big boss and I got to rewind the VHS. Like how useless is that? <laughs> it can't be cool. Different but times. If you, if you listeners, if you listeners have that or have had that, please tweet us a picture, man. It is the WrestleMania uh, art. I guess it was arcade game on the, the console. Game. Yeah, but it was the VHS strategy guide. Oh, I've watched it.
0: it. I rented it from Video to Go. One hundred percent. I've seen the whole thing.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So, but yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that. Those games were super expensive, but I, but I remember that because I was talking to somebody a few months ago about how games are, are expensive, but they're but they are, they're less expensive now compared to what they were when we were kids because they were still 60 bucks back then. Yeah. So, because I, I remember saving up my allowance money and buying WWE NWO World Tour in 1997. It's my first wrestling game I, I bought. I remember saving up 60 bucks and going to Walmart and getting that and like, that drained me, man. Oh, yeah. Of
0: course nine, it seven did. was
1: a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad you said that because I want to talk about that later on, but we let's go ahead and talk about it. So, that's awesome. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, we are talking about In Your House 5, 1995, Seasons Beatings. Uh, I love the little taglines for these yeah. In Your House pay-per-views. And it's our first In Your House that we're getting yeah, to. Um, In Your
1: House 5. So it's our first one that Undertaker's been on officially. So this one, okay, this is from Hershey, Pennsylvania. This yeah. is our third pay per view out of the last four that's from Pennsylvania. How crazy is that?
0: Yeah, you brought that up uh, back at Summerslam, which is the other one. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they are hitting up yeah, the same, I, the same I state. You know, I guess they're different markets. But I was thinking, you know, they'll do that in New York sometimes. They'll be in Brooklyn, yeah. and then they'll go to uh, Nassau or something like that. They might, they might hit that, but it's, yeah, it's super weird to be all, and, and I guess. The WWF was more focused towards the the north, the uh, northeast, definitely at right. that time. So um, yeah, I don't know, just just a weird little thing.
1: Yeah, so it was, I was again. I just wanted to point that out because I pointed it out last time. So <laughs> lots of Pennsylvania, lots of Quaker State here.
0: So. Yeah, and it just goes to show again the change of the business. We've talked about mm-hmm. Nitro coming into the picture and giving WWF some competition, and this is the fifth. In your house, so we we are like officially in the monthly pay per view era. So yeah. the, you know, these first first part of this podcast that we've been doing has been you know we've flown through five years really quickly because there's only three or four pay per views every year, and Undertaker's not even on all of them. But now right. you know we're gonna we're gonna be in 1996 for a long time because he's on almost all of those pay per views, and and this just the saturation of the business is is getting more and more and when we're focused more on pay-per-view rather than house shows or tv or anything like that the pay-per-view is going to be the big money maker. so uh... just again we're not just talking about the evolution of a character this is the evolution of the wrestling business
1: that we're getting to chart yeah. here and his place in that too but yeah absolutely because it's great to see all this stuff grow and how it's changed since we first started you know nineteen episodes ago so um, but getting into the match um, or let's get yeah, let's talk bit, about the build-up. Yeah. A little build-up with that, because, again, Kama and Taker f- faced off – or no. Wait a minute.
0: Mabel. Mabel and Taker.
1: Mabel, Mabel and Taker faced off at King of the Ring, and Kama interfered, and that, right. and that led to, to that stuff. So, um, you know, and we talked about in our last episode that Mabel, you know, he kind of chickened away from the end of the Survivor Series match and never got his come up as from The Undertaker from breaking his face. Putting him in a uh, adhesion, what it what it's called. Yeah, ad- the adhesion, adhesion on his face. Adhesive. Yeah, an adhesive. Um, adhesion. Uh, so let's rewind a little bit to, to um, the, um, Raw on November 27th, and it's supposed to be Undertaker versus Kama again. Um, but I just wrote nope because Kama comes out on crutches in his um, <laughs> acid watched elastic waistband his
0: acid wash sweatpants he's got on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> denim sweatpants
1: denim sweatpants yeah. oh man he oh, man. Was, was looking so great but yeah it's so great I love it but Vince isn't buying it he's like you know he's not really hurt but Divyasi says that he bought a replacement and he bought <clears throat> Sir Mo which that doesn't age well he bought no. a guy and- I'll just let that one fly. It doesn't.
0: So, yeah. Why yeah. does Teddy Biasi always buy black guys? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Well, at least he didn't come out with, like, guys with nooses around their neck. Like That's WCW true. With a white plantation owner. Ugh. So, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, but this definitely doesn't, you know, age well. But everybody has got a price for a million dollar, man. So, sure enough, comments taking the injury. And, and uh,
0: Moe's looking thick, too. Oh, oh,
1: man. Yeah, he looks like he swallowed himself. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> big. He is big, man. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, Kamla gets involved. He's faking the injury like we thought, and um, but Undertaker beats Mo with the chokeslam. And I wrote that. Did you see? Did you watch this match? Uh,
0: I just like fast forwarded through it. Did yeah. you
1: see his sell when he got chokeslammed? He sells like Devon Dudley does, like when Devon oh, did that? like a, he did like the like the jittery leg and shaking on the ground. Yeah, like you know, kind of convulsing. Like uh, most people, Devon got it from. I don't know, but. Um, maybe. Maybe it's just a heavy set black guy thing. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he sounds like Devon, and uh, Mabel tries to take the urn chain away. Um, the The, urn the chain,
0: remnants of the urn.
1: Remnants of. That's a good name for a, uh, a, an album. Ooh, it could be. I, I might record an album called The Remnants of the Urn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. It, it's hanging on the ring post, right?
0: Yeah. Kama brought it yeah. out there and has draped yeah. it over the ring
1: post. Remnants, remnants of the urn. Again, good, great name for an album or song title. If you're like Alter Bridge or something, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so it's hanging on the ring post because Coma or Mabel had put it there, I think. And uh, Mabel tries to take it, but Undertaker gets it back. And and Vince puts over how awesome it is that Undertaker has his power back. Vince is like a giddy schoolgirl. He's oh. so excited that Undertaker has his power back.
0: too paul bear like kisses it and smells it and just loves it i
1: wish we yeah i wish we can put video clips in this because it's just watching him go go nuts when he gets his little baby back he's so excited yeah he he's selling it so hard but then of course mabel attacks him from behind and robs the urn chain away from him so yet again we have the storyline of the stolen urn which is just it's just at this point, it's kind of lazy, but it like, is. It works, you know. It does if work.
0: It's, it's evergreen, and yeah, yeah. But like, how many times have we seen this over the past <laughs> yeah. few uh, Four few years. feuds? Yeah, I'm just I, again the the urn has been stolen. Uh, here we go again. Undertaker trying to get it back, and this this whole angle is just it's a little weird because um, yeah, um, I mean, Yokozuna comes out here too and, and distracts yeah. the Undertaker and so you've got you know Ted DiBiase and Kama who are one uh, faction and then you've got Yokozuna who's with Jim Cornette so this is a separate faction and and guy who has feuded with The Undertaker then you've got Mabel and Moe who are their own little thing and all these guys are working together sort of I guess to to feud with Undertaker and take him down but they're not really connected and I don't know, it's, it's all kind of jumbled together. I didn't really like it. I didn't think it made a lot of sense. Going back and watching it, you know, right. 22 years later, but um, I get, you know, that we're we're moving forward. I guess to try to get to uh, Mabel and Undertaker and, and add a little more spice to this feud to keep it going, which I, I do appreciate that. That this feud's been going on since June, and you just June. don't yeah. see those slow burns of a feud anymore. So, you know, kudos to them for for trying to make it last without having all these different matches against Undertaker and Mabel. They haven't fought all that many times. Uh, So I guess kudos for that. All right, so um, we're going to try to put this back together. We got disconnected over on Skype. Um, In case you guys don't know, we're in two different states recording this. We Skype each other. Uh, We we usually try to bang out two of these episodes back-to-back because of our schedules. So so we try to get a couple of, of a couple episodes ahead, but we're on Skype and uh, Travis and I are actually going to see each other for in uh, in real life here uh, soon. We haven't seen each other in a couple months, but uh, we'll see each other here and for a Need to Breathe concert. Maybe uh, the remnants of the urn. They they, they, they can play ha- that. That can be yeah what they headline on. But uh, yeah, we we cut out here on Skype, so we're going to try to edit this back together. But anyway, we're talking about the build up for the match and uh, one week has. Undertaker and um, trying to Undertaker getting back the remnants of the urn, and then Mabel stealing them back again very quickly. And the next week, we have interestingly enough uh, our, someone who we haven't visited on this show in a long time, and that's Brother Love. Thank
1: you, brothers
0: and the Brother Love show makes a really strange comeback and appearance, very briefly, and. Late 95, early 96, WWF. And Brother Love mentions, uh, before he brings out his guest, King Mabel, that he is the man that brought The Undertaker into the WWF. I appreciate
1: that continuity. I appreciate that he said that. Because we're
0: about to get a huge lapse in continuity in in Mabel's promo as he comes out. Um, this This really bugged me. He comes out, and he says,
1: Not only was I the first man, to ever pin the Undertaker's shoulders to the mat for the one, two, three. But I was also the first man to put him out of action. And I will also be the first man to single-handedly stuff him in his own casket. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, indeed.
0: And this is in the video package before the match as well, that he was the first person to ever pin the Undertaker's shoulders to the mat, which nope, that was Hulk Hogan.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: He says he was the first person to ever put him, put the Undertaker out of action. Which also no, that was Yokozuna yeah. uh, back at Royal Rumble '94. And then he says he's gonna be the first person to put him inside of a casket and close the lid. Which again also no, that was <laughs> Yokozuna and you remember who else who slammed the lid on the casket? Oh,
1: did Bam Bam slam
0: the lid? Bam Bam. Yeah, he got yeah. on top of it and closed the yeah. lid on there. So Mabel said, claims he's done these other firsts and that he's going to do this first at their casket match at In Your House 95. And all of it is just not true. And Bull crap. Yeah, which is, you know, it's fine for a heel to lie and, and to say that, but Mr. Man doesn't even call him out on it and say, me hey, that's right. not true, which... I guess they don't want to bring up Hulk Hogan at this point in time. They're trying to erase him from history, but still, it was just egregious. I hated it.
1: Yeah. yeah it was yeah, I wrote all those things down, but I I kind of forgot about them. Um, Yokozuna being the one that or Bam Bam being the one to close lid, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mabel was all wrong. His promo wrong. was like a kid in acting class. <laughs> trying to give a speech it was really bad it's and bad. I do not feel bad saying that because you and I both did theater sure uh in high school and stuff and beyond that a little bit so it's just you know I don't feel bad criticizing his acting it was terrible it is
0: terrible and this segment's terrible but it, it is funny to go back it's, it's kind of worth going back to watch because it is just yeah oh yeah WWF at its cheesiest in 1995. Brother Love says your... he has a gift for King Mabel, and we see a druid rolling a casket out, and, and Mabel is freaking out. He hates it. He's so scared. The druid reveals... He the outfit. <laughs> yeah, right. Just saying. <laughs> the the black hooded <laughs> figure. True. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, well, it turns out it's Sir Mo as the druid, and the casket has been desecrated with spray paint. Just... Awful. Yeah, terrible
1: graffiti. Graffiti. Um, I do want to say this. I wrote that the Druid is unmasked as Sir Mo, and I just wrote, "No one cares."
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> the crowd did not care. At all. I don't remember whether those were filmed. Maybe Richmond or something. Nobody cared. Well,
0: they're in no, the dark. Anyone. I think I don't think they knew. Word, yeah. <laughs> Sir Mo is not like the most recognizable character or figure. I'm not sure that right. they knew it was him.
1: No, I care. But anyway, yeah, but this – it's the uh, giant urn that has the, you know, Undertaker decals and stickers all over it and the rest in peace. The one we've seen, you know, in the last several years. The giant casket. Yeah, casket. Yeah, excuse me. What did I say? Urn. You said urn. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Freudian slip. Uh, Not sure what that means. But anyway, (laughs) it's got graffiti all over it. It's got, you know, spray paint and everything. This is precursor to the NWO, you know, spray painting the belts. Yep, yep. It was a
0: good heel move. And yeah. Sure. We just said, you know, stealing the urn is cliche. We've seen that so many times now. So this was actually a nice little twist, I think.
1: That Yeah, nobody's vandalized the urn. Yeah. I mean,
0: the, the, geez, the <laughs> casket. <laughs> it's late, man. It's late. It's okay. <laughs> With, uh, yeah, they vandalized the casket, stolen the casket away from the Undertaker's wood shop. Man, he needs to get better security out there. For real. He does.
1: Um,
0: so, yeah, a, a little bit different. And uh, that brings us... To the pay-per-view, season's beatings, in your house, 95. Um, it's, uh, uh, la, la, la. yeah, we get a video package before the match kind of recapping all of that. And uh, we see um, Paul Bearer, and uh, Paul Bearer and Mabel both kind of cut promos uh, in yeah. that video package too. So that was nice little nice little bit in there. Um, and this but, yeah. is...
1: Go ahead. Dr. Terry says, image of my face will be burned in your soul for eternity. Yeah, another <laughs> dark a little, line. A little glance toward the camera so they can zoom in on this, you know, because he's still wearing that hideous mask at this point. So, um, Still
0: wearing the mask, and this is going to be, um, you know, we've mentioned the last casket match, which we just got back at SummerSlam. The casket just appeared at ringside. Well, this is right. the first time anyone besides Paul Bearer has rolled the casket that we've yeah. seen. Because we've seen Paul Bearer bring out the casket for every other casket or coffin match besides that one. And now Sir Moe is rolling it out with the remnants of the urn on top of it. So kind of a, a cool little turnabout there. Twist, um, yeah. Yeah, twist on there.
1: And then this is the point where they cut Doc Hendricks in the back selling, yeah, the, selling the video game. game. Can you imagine if on a pay-per-view now... There's a, you know, a big match with somebody like this and they just cut to the back with, you know, uh, Gallows and Anderson and shilling the at <laughs> They're like, the internet, the Twitterverse would explode. They would get so mad.
0: They would. Um,
1: but here, it was great. I don't care. <laughs> it was
0: fine. Yeah, who yeah. cares? It's Mabel. Yeah. Big deal. Um, Paul Bearer comes out. He's screaming, uh, that. It's, it's all, all over. Night. It's all <laughs> over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we both did that at the same time. But,
0: yeah. Uh, Vincent Man, or I, I, I think the King, but we got Vincent the King on commentary back yeah. again. And King calls Undertaker the death of the party. That's his one liner for yeah, the Undertaker does. tonight. <laughs>
1: there he is, the death of the party. So,
0: and he wonders if Paul Bear is going to get stuffed into the casket as well as the Undertaker. If we're going to get a twofer, which was a little, uh little foreshadow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you hear what he said? He asked what the Undertaker would like to get for Christmas. What did he say? A new face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I laughed at that. It's,
0: so, it's like a dad joke. Oh, it's,
1: of just course. So, it's, it's a king joke. It's
0: so joke. good, though. Because he's right. So. Yep. So. so, yeah, we'll just dive into it. There's not much to talk about here. It's Like you eh. said, it's about six minutes long. Uh, Mabel runs away as soon as the light comes, lights come up, but uh, ends up being the first one to attack uh, the Undertaker here. And, uh, yeah,
1: and in his, in his little pre-match promo, he talks about, how he, or no, on, on Brother Love's show, he talks about how he wasn't scared. Right. I'm not scared of you, even though I, you know, I bailed during Survivor Series. I'm not scared of you. And then at the beginning of this match, yeah, Undertaker kind of hops over the top to get Sir Mo, because Sir Mo is dangling the urn in front of his face, like, taunting him. He leaves, and, you know, Abel backs off before. And then he attacks him from behind, like, every other Undertaker match. Exactly. Cheap shot Because
0: so. he's a heel. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: So, Taker hits his uppercuts that he usually does, and hits his Stinger Splash in the corner. Um, yeah, we gotta get a different name for that. We gotta get a better name for the Undertaker's version of the Stinger Splash, but I, I can't come up with it yet. So if yeah, anybody, anybody on Twitter or Facebook or anything knows, can come up with a good name for the Undertaker's Stinger Splash, we wanna we wanna hear it.
1: I don't remember. I mean, like I said, when we pointed it out the first time, I didn't remember him doing it this much. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. Because again. That's one of my favorite most Things, things, my favorite, and so seeing Undertaker do it is awesome. So, right, I love it. I did too. Yeah, we'll, th- we'll think it's something cool for it to call it, or not cool. We'll just say it anyway. So,
0: <laughs> we get all the generic stuff. Mabel takes over. He hits, uh, well, he hits a, a big like boss man slam, and yeah. Undertaker sits up. He hits a big clothesline, and then Undertaker sits up. He Hits a big body slam, and the Undertaker. Sits
1: up. That second rope splash after that, and he misses. Yeah, he sits up as he comes down for the second rope splash, and yeah, or, or he sits up and he misses that. And the crowd pops every so he sits up.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, he just can't oh. put him away. Uh, finally, Sir Moe interferes, and, and Mabel takes over for a few minutes with his belly to belly and the face breaker leg drop. Yep. Rest
1: uh, in peace. Rest in peace, a chance from the crowd. I wonder, I, I didn't see if Paul Bear was orchestrating those or not. But, I'm
0: sure he was. Yeah. And I just don't remember the fans doing that as much, but we've seen I it in a few matches. It's really cool.
1: I like yeah. it. Let's do it. Uh, if he ever comes back for another match, get the crowd to do that. We'll start
0: it. Yeah, we'll start it <laughs> up. Hell yeah. And, and then something absolutely ridiculous happens, and that's that Undertaker <laughs> is out, and little Sir Mo. Picks up the Undertaker, puts the Undertaker over his shoulder and carries him around the ring and drops him into the casket. I was yeah. appalled at this little uh, five foot six uh, Sir Mo just hoists up the Undertaker and puts him on the shoulder. Like what?
1: It didn't make any sense. Because again, they built up Taker to have his resurgence. You know, he's come and cleaned cleaned house literally according to vince man that survivor series and he was getting power back and yeah you're right mo just scoops him up on his shoulder like he's a baby and puts him in the casket and mike, did You see mike Kyoto in his mullet Referee oh yeah mike yeah oh yeah so, but I, yeah. yeah you're right it's just it, it was i was appalled too man i can't was, believe
0: undertaker let him do that that
1: was just I know. weird from a character standpoint it was weird you know but maybe that maybe he was like well I'm going over though in this match. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm stuffing both of them in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he makes the same mistake that a few other people have made, and he doesn't
1: shut the lid to the casket. I, what? It's what? like these girls have never seen a casket. I know. I know. You've got. You just put them in there, and you just slam it. That's, That's all it. you do. I could but have instead, won. He throws them in there. And then he comes back to the ring, the opposite side of the ring, and hands Mabel the crown yeah. and doesn't close the lid. And then Mabel goes to shut it, but Taker stops it, and, of course, he's back in the ring behind him. Um, and, yeah, because yeah, he goes to shut it, and he turns around, turns back to it and walks away like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I won. And then he doesn't see Taker's behind him. And uh, Erdiger tries to take him down finally gets him down with a running, diving clothesline and then a huge chokeslam yep
0: gets him up off his feet
1: yeah it i mean mabel did his part for that to make it look good so
0: yeah i wrote that uh mabel sucks but uh he's having a good time in this match (laughs) you know like i I appreciate that yeah Yeah. he puts the crown on and he's dancing and he's he's bumping and he's selling for the undertaker
1: you know he's not king kong bundy in this match no not at all definitely not but he is hokey when he's trying to like (laughs) when. Yeah. It's like Guns, Giant Gonzalez. It reminds me of Giant Gonzalez matches when Undertaker's you know trying to close line him repeatedly and he's you know wiggling his arms around like whoa 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 you can't <laughs> knock me over like it's kind of lame but he does it but yeah he's having a great time you know fights because he's in there with Undertaker so yeah but anyway but yeah after that big choke slam then he Undertaker rolls rolls him Mabel into the casket right
0: well he hits it. A... Uh, Mabel's standing and Undertaker hits a big boot and basically just kicks yeah. him down and, and Mabel falls into the casket out of that.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then, so yeah, he kicks him in there and then he puts Moe in.
0: Yeah, Mo uh, runs and, in. And the ring
1: and chokeslams him, too. And, so, tr-
0: and yeah, he, he brings the remnants of the urn in there and yeah, uh, yeah Undertaker chokes him with the remnants of the urn. And slaps him with the goozle, as Vince Man calls it. Yeah, he does. I thought it
1: was an internet term, but no, Vince Man says it. Calls it the goozle.
0: <laughs> and all this while, King is on commentary screaming, Raise up, Mabel! Raise up, Mabel! <laughs> I don't know why he said that, but uh, it's like he's raising him from the dead. I don't know. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, Mo gets put in the, can- uh, the coffin again so that and was cool
1: then, yeah then we have the return of the cough the, ca- the coffin cam yeah not a casket cam the coffin cam. just for that it one little shot like six seconds yep you see undertaker because undertaker climbs in the casket with him he grabs the remnants of the urn the the uh necklace and he holds it high man he, he holds her way high out of the casket and uh Climbs in the in the ring, and then he slams the lid, because that's what you do. That's you what slam you the do. lid when you put your opponent in there.
0: Vince wasn't sure, though. He's, he's like, can he close it? Can <laughs> he close the lid? Trying to sell the drama of yeah. it. Like, I think he can. <laughs> he just yeah. has to grab it.
1: Yeah, not that hard. So, And luckily, this match is over in 6 minutes and 11 seconds.
0: Yes, so. another Christmas gift for us. Uh, short <laughs> and sweet. And, I mean, that's pretty much the end of Men on a Mission, of, of Mabel and Moe. They would make a couple more appearances. Um, they're at the Royal Rumble in 96. Um, and also Diesel would end up beating Mabel on the first Raw of 1996 in just eight seconds. So, you know, Mabel's push, his ex- the Mabel experiment ends very, very quickly. And I think Mabel knew. Uh, he, appreci- he appreciated, you know, that he got a chance to run with it. but And then he's putting Six everybody out. Then. Yeah, he had a run on top for a little while. And... He knows his place. He's putting everybody out uh, on the way out of the territory, and um, yeah, he he has no problem putting Undertaker over short and sweet, and letting Undertaker you know totally go over and squash him oh, in yeah. this moment.
1: So yeah, there was no like you know controversy there. Yeah, yeah.
0: he's returning he the favor. Both the
1: guys in there. Yeah, but again, this makes Undertaker look strong. Uh, he does the pose after the after the um, match is over with the necklace in the air, and then he, he gives it to Paul Bear, and again he celebrates like his. You know, the prodigal son that's just returned, his long lost baby. He's like a kid on up. Christmas morning. He is, man. He really is. It's awesome. He's so excited. But then then Undertaker starts signaling to his waist. He starts making the you know, the classic, you know, got his arms around his waist and, you know, moving them back and forth like I'm coming for the WWF championship or title, as they call it at this point.
0: He does the discount double check.
1: <laughs> as it's known. <laughs> Yes. Discount double check. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, commentary points it out. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, like, oh, he's signaling he wants to come for the WWF title.
0: He. So. They make a point to note that he finally has all of his power back now yeah. that he has the remnants of the urn. And, yeah, like, like we've said, we've, we've seen Undertaker slide down the card at, at the beginning of the year against the IRS and like, the second match on the show. And now we've raised all the way back at the end of the year to where he's he's calling out the champion, uh, the WWF champion Bret Hart, and asking for a title shot in a in a symbolic way, which I didn't remember. I didn't remember him doing that at the end of this match. I, I got kind of excited when I saw that. I thought that yeah, was a uh, cool. pretty neat um, little way to build up to it. Um well, and, and the I crowds mean, getting so we excited. We were
1: headed with January and then WrestleMania, but I couldn't remember how we got there. So yeah, seeing that at the end of this match was like a little yeah, you know, like a little cherry on top, man. For me, I was excited too. And, and then
0: somebody on commentary I don't know who says that's not a promise that's a threat what he's giving yeah. out to Bret Hart so yeah, yeah they're selling it like this is a big deal that we're, we're shooting up to a potential Undertaker Bret Hart matchup
1: right and then after that there's a WWF um, in your house extra now was this on the pay-per-view or was it just on the Coliseum video or did, could you tell or yeah I'm not sure it, it seemed like network?
0: something that maybe it was just on the Coliseum video but uh, I don't know I don't know
1: because the way like it seemed like that, but the commentary afterward made it sound like it was part of the show. Right. The live broadcast. So I don't know. But anyway, it's a WWF in your house extra pops up, and Todd gills backstage, and he informs us he's with Paul Bear and Undertaker. He informs us that Undertaker's the number one contender, and will challenge Bret Hart at Royal Rumble for the title. And um, Paul Bear is sure to thank Miss, Mr. Monsoon. He calls him. <laughs> I'd like to thank Mr. Monsoon for the opportunity. <laughs> that we've he's, all been waiting for yes yeah, so, this is
0: like this is a dream come true or something yeah.
1: well he does say that the fans have been wondering when undertaker's going to get a chance again because it's been forever you
0: know? yeah it's been Five years.
1: yeah four years I guess
0: it's been four years since he's been champion it's been uh, almost two years since he's had a title shot so yeah yeah, yeah. this is this Fun. is big
1: and then here we go we got tweener diesel comes in you know um he, and he said, no, it's his shot. And I said, y'all, you beat Mabel. That's just, you, you know, you get the next <laughs> shot. So, no, and he calls Paul Bear Gomez. So, <laughs> yeah, Gomez <he's>, Adams. <laughs> great, so. And he sits there face-to-face with Taker, and that's their matchup at WrestleMania. So, I'm sure we'll touch on this on episode 20 as well. But, you know, it's kind of cool. You mentioned how Diesel's kind of a tweener after that match at Survivor Series. And, it, 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 yeah, and here he is kind of turning heelish a little bit more. And But, again, we got couple more stops in the road before we get to Diesel and Taker but it's cool to see them building this stuff up setting seeds you know months and months in advance you know Cause yeah
0: I didn't remember that um and yeah Diesel's starting to get that build and yeah we're, we're gonna see this matchup at Wrestlemania uh but first we got we're gonna see Undertaker versus Bret Hart at Royal Rumble so yeah they're they're, they're building both of those matchups up at the same time, same time. and yeah. making Undertaker again uh the main focus of everything he he's at play in both of these big matchups that are coming up and uh man you missed Paul Bear's just epic uh put down of Diesel cuz he oh, Diesel runs in yeah, go ahead go ahead and say it.
1: <laughs>
0: and Paul Bear says oh, You
1: have been very cool lately fact you your color." You're a mess. Um, so good. um
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, um, and, and Undertaker uh, Diesel's about to say something to Paul Bear and Undertaker steps in and undertake Diesel, <clears throat> Diesel says, "Undertaker, you've been ducking people a lot lately." And he's like, "I don't duck any challenges." And, uh, they, yeah. They have a like a thirty second long stare down to end the show, and it's intense, man. Uh, yeah. You've got two okay. big superstars. The guy big who's been carrying too. the company. Yeah. Two big guys. The guy who's been carrying the company for the past year, and you know the phenom, the 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 dead man, the biggest star in the company, arguably. We're, we're finally getting teased with that matchup. And, uh, you know, something to look forward to here in 1996.
1: Well, yeah, because as we, you know, as we do this podcast, we're talking about how the business changes too. And, you know, Undertaker is, he was not part of the quote unquote new generation. He was here, you know, five, six years, five years before this, you know. So Diesel's yeah. the face of the new generation, they always keep saying. And so now you're getting to see, you know, someone who's from the Hulk Hogan era, from the, you know, um, Randy Savage era, you know, who, who fought with, with Ric Flair, you know, in 91, 92, um, you know, seeing somebody, you know, Undertaker from from, the, from that part of WWF history, now he's in the new era. He's going to go with the big dog from the new era, you know, so that's kind of cool to see. And then, you know, just as his, his character changes and as he goes into the, you know, next stage of his career, because, yeah, he's back on top. Last chapter closed. 95, thank God, is over, and we're heading into 96. And lots of gold dust of mankind to look forward to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and some. Hope you guys are ready. Yeah, uh, some really good matches to look forward to, for sure. And uh, a couple more stinkers along the way, no doubt about it. But it should be fun. Uh, We've enjoyed the past five years, and we'll dive into 2018 uh, by kicking off with 1996 with Royal Rumble, 96. uh, A sort of a forgotten, I think, matchup, uh, sort of a hidden gem. I think Undertaker versus Bret Hart uh, in 1996. We all remember their matchup at SummerSlam 97, a really great matchup. But a lot of people forget or don't talk about uh, their matchup at World Rumble 96. And I haven't seen it in a long, long time. So I'm excited to revisit it and see what it was like. Uh, So you can watch along with us. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts about it. We want to hear your thoughts about this match, so let us know. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Uh, did you think it was uh, one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life? Uh, who knows? Uh, let us know on Twitter, at TalkingTaker. On Facebook, you can find us, TalkingTaker. Uh, you can leave us a comment, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on Podomatic, on YouTube, all those different places. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Alex Dorio. Uh, we want to get connected with you, and uh, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays to you and your family as well.
1: If you were there at Hershey Park, Hershey, Pennsylvania, if you ate chocolate while you watched this match, please let us know. Please let us you know. Hear from. Yeah, but again, thanks for all. Thanks for these last five months we've been doing this. We look forward to many, many more. Thank you for our fan base. It's growing. We got a lot of downloads. We're averaging over 100 downloads an episode, which is pretty cool, and it's growing. So that's we really enjoy that. Um, so might not sound like a lot to some of you, but that's a lot for us. So we, we love that. And, uh, yeah, it's going good. And Merry Christmas to everybody, and we'll take it easy. Merry Christmas, Yokozuna. Ho. Oh.